They're taking Cherubin pot strewn strategically along the daily. Charter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time moves. And in the front bar of the top end pub. Just a quiet tinny meeting, you said. Get the crew together for a frothy and a waffle, you said. But it was a bit more than that, wasn't it? You evil Machiavellian number-crunching, faction-forming bastards. A frothy, a waffle and a dagger buried up the hilt in my back, wasn't it? Too extreme, am I? Need someone with broader appeal to the base, do you? Good luck with Neville providing that for you. Broad church, you say? Not quite broad enough for me, though, eh? Well, as far as I'm concerned, you can stick the pews, the pulpit and the hymn books fair up your... Smith! Oh, now, you're having a crap too, are you, big fella? Well, stuff you two. I'm out of here. Buggy. More. Yeah, he's your man, Judas, backstabbing, trainless... Get your bums in the boat and get on with it. Stuff the lot of you. right? Let's go. Yep, you guessed it, fishos. He's out! He's out! There's been a spill in the tinny party room. There was a meeting earlier in the week brought on by Neville the Drunk and Albatross. We thought we had the numbers at that time, but Lisa the Braves' allegiances were, were kind of wavering. Rob continued to hang around like a bad smell, his irrelevance reeking like a rotting rat, continuing to muscle his way into interviews, insert himself into every conversation shouting obscenities, making fart jokes, persisting with the basin, juvenile schoolboy man pansy humour. It tipped Lucifer over the edge just last night. He's toppled, he's rolled. Packy Andy, his vote, was never in doubt. He could see the bright lights and his chance to, to shine. So welcome aboard. Look at you striking. Hey. G'day, Tim. What a week. And now we got He's fishing gone. fraternity fractions as well. Yeah. Factions even. Neville, no doubt, been running his own news polls amongst the church as he delivers the stickers and has found that there's no place for Smith anymore. Goodbye. Although he's out just like Abbott, however, he continues to pop up in the tinny, in the tinny this week. He said he wouldn't agitate, didn't he? Well, he's, he's agitating, refusing to step away from the line. Like, you will hear his agitation over the next hour or so on Tales in the Tinny. So, Tim and uh, Andy with you, whether you're listening on ABC Radio Darwin across the Northern Territory or via the pod on the Apple Podcast app or ABC Listen app or wherever it might be. So, sadly, you're still going to get a whiff of the desperation uh, from Robert Smith throughout the show. But it will be his last week. We'll give him a plum posting as an ambassador to the US or something. Wouldn't he love that? Maybe that's what he's angling for. Maybe that's... You just... You don't know what anyone's thinking in this, do you? Yeah. All the motives, all the ulterior motives. This is Tales from the Tinny with Tim and Andy, the new leadership team. That's what happens when you're born in 1996. You don't know how to use a fishing rod. Since then, I haven't moved. I've wrapped myself in cotton wool <laughs> and I'm too scared to do or go anywhere. Tales from the Tinny. So you're feeling boundless possible, Andy. I'm, I'm still grappling with it. I don't know what was wrong with our one and a half million dollar two-word slogan. Frothy waffle. Why wouldn't you come to the territory and invest and buy a house and start a business and live and love the lifestyle if you could be assured in every group, at every event, across every culture, you'd be welcomed with a, a frothy waffle. A frothy waffle. A little chin wag and an icy cold beer. Boundless frothability. If you want to entice people from down south to come here, you know what I'd be looking for? Mm. I'd be looking for that little removal pack, yeah? With a lure and a bait caster mm. and some spare leader and a landing net. One of my mates recently arrived from south and has a pretty firm grasp on what life's like mm. below the tropics. Mm. 
Anyway, he reviewed the ad campaign as, as no doubt you did during the week. There's a place where anything is possible. One place left in the world with enough silence for your voice to be heard and enough space for your ideas to come to life. A land alive and inspiring where we don't just dream of achieving, we thrive on it. In the Territory, thinking big is nothing new. It's what we do. The naysayers and idea killers never came this far. Instead, it's home to people like us. And above all else, it's knowing as we walk the road less travelled, together we'll create our boundless possible. Inspire you as a potty mullet or as a local fisher. It's been the talk of the town. I think young Tom, this recent arrival, summarised all our fears quite eloquently, uh, Andy, in this voice message he left during the week. Jesus, they are going hard. The sad thing is it's probably going to work. They're probably going to achieve their goal, which is to repopulate this city with a uh, critical mass of hipsters who one day claim the city. They're going for man buns, bro. We're preparing for the zombie apocalypse, but I think the man bun apocalypse is more likely. Shotguns and machetes won't solve this apocalypse. Agreed. (laughs) On most points, except that... You deal with an apocalypse, be it of zombie or man bun in exactly the same way, with shotguns and knives. How's that for a boundless possible ambassador for the Territory? What's missing, Tim, this whole week, uh, isn't it? The paucity of leadership. It's mm. just, it's time for someone to step up. It's mm. so, time to go back to the dictionary. And well, look, who should step up, Andy? Look up what a leader really is. We should step up. We can do better than this, Tim, because we're expected to be leaders. People put their trust in us. Remember the word church? Mm. That goes with trust. <laughs> we need to be united in leadership. Mm. United in leadership is united in results. I agree. And teamwork makes the dream work, Tim. I agree with all of those sentiments. So you mentioned that our slogan is frothy waffle. Well, how's this, folks, for leadership? There remains a place in this world with just enough silence for your waffle to be heard. A land of determination and ambition. Where we get things done. We don't just dream of having a frothy. We bloody well do it. The earnest and the abstinent never came this far. Instead, it's home to people like us. Those inspired by the beauty and capacity of a well-packed esky and the silken tapestry of a skillfully crafted stream of conversational crap. In the Territory, being thirsty is nothing new. It's what we are. As we dive a hand into the icy depths retrieve our prize and prepare to take part in the meandering ebb and flow of slightly pissy discourse. It is then, my friends, that together we create Frothy Waffle. It is God damn Beautiful. That only cost two bucks twenty-five. The silken tapestry of a skillfully crafted stream of conversational crap. Is that not what we are about? What is it that makes the boundless possible possible? Is it ambition? Is it drive? Is it innovation and creative thinking with space to move and breathe. It's a frothy waffle, Tim. A frothy waffle makes the boundless possible possible. In fact, it even makes the boundless impossible possible. It does, doesn't it? We can't overcomplicate this. If you want us to dream and dream big, then we need to come together to connect, to engage, to imagine and to dream over a frothy Frothy waffle. waffle.
the irony here is that the Northern Territory government is, of course, trying to change the precise perception that we thrive on perpetuating here on the tinny. It's just reality. Tales. If you think like a mullet, you will catch the barramundi. From the tinny. Mate, I'm just adoring your mullet. Get a mullet up, ya! <laughs> Heading down the track of this great brown land where everything is boundless and possible and grammatically incorrect. It's not boundless and possible. That's the problem, isn't it? There's no end. It's, it's boundless just, possible. It's just an abomination and a pustulance. <laughs> uh, say, say, say it how you see it. Right? <laughs> Warren DeWitt, <laughs> who is a boundless man, he bounds across the countryside on his worthy steed. How are you, Warren? Back from the uh, uh, the circuit, fella? Got into a couple of finals, didn't get any placings, though, so it was, um, it was tough work. Improving slightly each time. Got another one coming up next weekend, so out to Timber Creek for the uh, Timber Creek camp. So we'll see how we go out there. Yeah, uh, Trent was out at the Vic out that way during the week and did pretty well. Hey, you mob. So it's a brisk uh, Tuesday morning out on the magical Vic River. Wanted to show you some snags. Have a look at that. They are loaded with these bad boys over here. First run this morning. We've hooked up. Got Big Mal with me today. Take it over now. Check that out. Sounded like pretty reasonable fishing. They did fairly well all day, actually, so the fishing was pretty good. And it's absolutely crystal clear. And they're the perfect conditions that we've been sort of waiting and hoping for that'll come out on the Vic. And obviously the fish are still inside the river system, which is really good. And, and it's good to see Mal back up and out there again. I understand that he ended up going out with Trent on Tuesday to, to escape Catherine because he was being hunted by everybody far and wide for his antics at the show. This is, oh, hang this on. is Mal Roney. Hang on. Yeah, Mal, Mal had to go fishing to get out of town because he had to sort of uh, replenish his batteries, I suppose, because he wound himself up so tight at the show, at the, at the races, sorry, that he uh, got himself a little bit uh, untidy. So the, to say the, the Catherine races, Catherine's premier event, there's no doubt that Mal Roney has always been and will always be a, a contender for mayor. Or unofficial oh, yeah, mayor. He is what? probably the unofficial mayor of Catherine at the moment. Well, he probably lost that, actually, on the weekend so, at the uh, races. Was it that bad? <laughs> oh, well, he got himself into sort of a drinking competition, I suppose, with himself. It never ends well. <laughs> Someone challenged him he couldn't drink um, these martini drinks of some description. Anyway, he ended up getting down 17 in about two hours. Well, watch, oh, what, hello. Watch this. I'm boundless possible on the martini. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And then, and then it was boundless up again because it came back up when it went down. So it ushered out, I suppose, at some stage early in the evening uh, to the, the, uh, the, from proceedings. The, the unofficial mayor was booted from the Catherine uh, races. Uh, yeah, he probably took himself home, to be honest with you, because he realised after he crash tackled a few people that he was probably getting a little bit over the top. So he thought he'd better sort of wind it back and um, <laughs> took himself home. And I understand on the way home, he managed to deposit some stuff into uh, some of his mate's cars as well as he was getting home as well. So he was a little bit untidy. <laughs> and then escaped to the Vic. In some respects, Warren, couldn't that performance really have rocketed him to the to the top of the voters' lists as certainly as, as amongst Catherine the certain Mayor. demographic. Certainly amongst I mean, it's not going to undermine his chances, really. Well, no, not when you look at the politics that are going on down in Canberra. This is just perfect It's an excellent, for him. excellent is, performance. Yeah, that's right. It's just putting him on the springboard to success, I think. Can't handle his drink, but he can sort of have a good time. He can back it up with good barra. Mal, of course, as always, uh, as applies to everyone on Tales from the Tinny, the right apply, reply is uh, is open to you, 1,300 mullet. <laughs> we are is, a just and equitable number. forum. Yeah. How many barra did they end up getting on the Vic? 25. So it wasn't too bad, actually. And, and it sort of replicated that on the last set of neeps before that when uh, John Forrest was out there and he got a 99 and a metre five, which was really good fish. Um, and a few other guys that were out there, that was on the long weekend on August, uh, in the early August, that the neap tides were going through there out there again and they did really well. So 
it looks very, very promising for September um, with those kind of fish hanging on the snags that you're seeing on that sounder of Trent at, uh, out there on Tuesday, that there's going to be some good fishing to be had once those neat tides keep rolling through and that water temperature picks up a little bit and those fish start to flare their nostrils, I suppose, and getting ready for the breeding season. Now, you had to bring the equine reference in, didn't you? Flare the nostrils. <laughs> but I noticed that Trent said on the first pass. So he was trolling, was he? Or was it, what were they yep. doing? What were the yep. technique and what were the sizes of those fish they were getting? 75, I think, was the biggest one they actually got to the boat, but they got busted off so many times that it became quite frustrating. And that's that's the problem at this time of year out the Vic. The barnacles that are growing on the timber are so razor sharp that you hook up a decent fish and he can drop you back down into that timber, he'll cut you off in two seconds. Um, so we've experimented over the, year, over the years using wire, um, using that soft uh, mustard multi-strand wire to try and help alleviate that problem because they went through... I think about five to ten lures in consecutive trawls getting busted off in the timber. Mm, lucky his dad owns a tackle shop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not lucky for the bottom line, but anyway. Yeah. No, exactly, uh, yeah. exactly. It's hurting me. It's hurting yeah, it's me. It's your problem, not his. Yeah, he don't care. <laughs> hey, what's this photo you've uh, you've sent in? It seems anonymous of a big fish somewhere, big barra. Yeah, uh, on the daily this week, um, 117 centimetre barra. So that's a rip snorter, and and that sort of is good to hear because uh, all the other reports that we've been getting from the daily that it has been a little bit quiet. But, you know, when you go outside now, you can start to feel the humidity. You can start feeling the temperature rising during the daytime. And once that starts happening, you know that you're getting close to that go time. And, the, you know, we're almost at the end of August. So September is going to be the prime time to fish all those big rivers, all those big barra now starting to make their way towards the mouths, starting their spawning cycle at the beginning of September. So it'll be cracking time either on the daily the roper the vic um down the bottom of the south all those rivers now will start seeing big fish turning up including the mary um out the front of there at shady camp will really start to fire up as well mm, some great reports there warren it is hard to say where we leave this the battle between mal roney and warren dewitt for the title <laughs> of unofficial mayor of Catherine. it's hard to say rob whether mal's performance crash tackling martinis vomit in mates' cars, ejected from the Catherine races, actually puts him higher on the leaderboard than Warren. But in the, the way that politics is run in this country these days, Tim, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, the, the WDW may have slipped him a mickey. Hey, put, put, something, <laughs> yeah. in those, put, put something in those a forced, martinis. A forced leadership spill. <laughs> yes, yeah. spill the contents of your stomach. <laughs> Good on you, Warren. All right, boys. Talk to you next week. Another mate who's kind of a man bun wearer gave the tinny a hoy this week. I don't know why, just to let us know that Snoop Dogg is releasing a cookbook. In case you care. A little like Fonzie's retirement rappers sort of embarrassing attempts to cling on to relevance post their career. A bit like Rob Smith in a post man bun apocalyptic world you can give us a hoy anytime of course via fishing at abc.net.au the email address or via abc tales from the tinny on facebook none of those contacts will change either tim will they no, unlike, unlike the leadership no. those contacts will stay they, constant they will remain the same regardless reliable. regardless of who's on the tiller uh matthew hayne better known to the tinny listeners as the crobbery gimp He's given us a hoy. There's a couple of words that stand out in this hoy to me, Tim. Uh, in the headings, genuine, a genuine hoy to you, fish eyes. <laughs> that, that has an air of, of you know, seriousness about uh, of it. Of sincerity. And sincerity. Uh, and the other two words were he wanted to have an intelligent discussion. Yeah. Okay, so Maybe you've come to the wrong place, Gim. Yeah. But anyway, just that sets the context that this is an intelligent hoy. Um, he's had this idea for about five years now, and he's kept it to himself recently. A lot of people have kept things to themselves recently. This is the time well, to it's just o- unleash, isn't it, it? it? It's only recent that he's come out of the closet as a gimp. You know, he's kept that to himself. So, mate, what does he want to tell us now? He loves um, loves Saratoga. He thinks they're a great sport fish. <laughs> and he's owning it. Uh, yeah. And I, like you owning uh, loving tarpon. Tarpon, exactly. And I, and I do, and they are. But what he's noticed is that they're not in any river system left of the Stewart Highway, um, if you're heading north. 
So he's had a bit of a, a bit of a yak to fisheries at the recent boat show. And other than Manton Dam? Other than Manton Dam, that, that's right. So no other water systems apart from Manton. As you're heading north to Darwin. To Darwin. On the left. On the left, yeah. There's probably <laughs> a, a more intelligent and simple way to say that. It'd be a direction, wouldn't it? It'd be like southwest or southeast. How is this plaguing his mind? I don't know, but he's obviously on a growth uh, journey, you know. A growth, I mean, a growth you, trajectory. You don't come out to be a gimp and expect there are not going to be some flow-on effects. And you know how this this musing of his, he's on a trajectory probably to some inspired and creative thinking mm. based on these musings coming up during a frothy waffle. That's right. No doubt. So he's asked fisheries, what do they see as any impacts, um, particularly ne- negative ones, if toga were released into the freshwater finis? Oh, he wants to stock the finis. He wants to start stocking them so that we can have boundless possible toga in freshwater right across the top end. He got a bit of a bit of a smile and a, a reply from fisheries to say, well, they're not naturally there. Not exactly the answer he was looking for. Okay, so they're not going to do it. Um, they think that it would probably upset the balance, uh, but it doesn't really answer his question, does it? I did read some of the comments on this. Surprisingly, it was very engaging to many of you. Apparently, they're on Melville Island. And might be on Connection Island out in Groot. And Goose Creek used to be part of the Mary system, and that's why they're on Melbourne. Anyway, you can join in that conversation. Have a waffle online whilst but enjoying a frothy with the gimp. They are his views. I might add a little disclaimer down the bottom. They're his personal views and uh, shall not be taken to represent any organisation. Here's a hoy from Paula, who is the mother of Eddie Knievel who's bumped into Rob when he was, you know, a C-grade celebrity signing autographs and taking photos with people before his, um, his fall from grace. George, who's Eddie's dad, and, and I, Paula, saw you last night for that photo opportunity, Rob, with the lavender bear. See attached pic. It's part of, again, the reason that Neville the Drunken Albatross moved for the spill is Rob was getting a little bit full of himself. He was signing autographs last week in a tackle store and busted... They're getting queues outside tackle shops before they open. <laughs> You're out, Rob. Anyway, she goes on. Our son, known as Eddie Knievel to Tales from the Tinny, sent me a lavender bear named Larry for my birthday this year. Eddie's studying, as you probably know, at the Australian Maritime College in Tassie. So to stay connected with Eddie, who's a little bit homesick, Larry's become the family mascot. It's proving to be a popular guy. A highly photographed and written about bear. He's an outdoorsy kind of fellow. He enjoys camping, bushwalking, having a wee one with his mates. That is, frothy and a waffle with his mates. Doesn't mind getting to know the lovely Territorian ladies. He almost secured Eddie a date with a few of the girls he met at the Douglas Hot Springs. Well done, Paula. Getting a date through a teddy bear for your son. He's so popular with the ladies, he's becoming Eddie's new wingman. Anyway, he's been out and about. Thanks for the photo with the C-grade celebrity, Robert which won't be worth anything now because he's no longer the leader. Toodles! Paula. Shoot it. Share it. Shout it. Give us a boy. Well, across the eons, we've tried all sorts of things to attract fish, haven't we, Tim? Simply calling their name... Here, fishy, 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 here, fishy, fishy, fishy. Yeah, that here, doesn't fishy, work. Fishy, fishy, here, we tried, fishy, 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 we tried fishy, that for months. Well, here, we've fishy, also fishy, tried fishy, burly fishy, trails fishy, and then producing our own overboard. You were the WOM. WOMs. It's mildly effective. Yeah. None of it's particularly successful, though, is it? But at NT Fisheries, there's one man bringing some serious data analytics to attracting fish. Believe it or not, it doesn't involve singing or vomiting. It involves science, Tim, and evidence. You know I like that. G'day, I'm Evan Needham from Fisheries. You're the fad man. Uh, yeah, it's a term that's now been thrown my way. Um, <laughs> and glad to be involved and be called the fad man. Have you got the T-shirt made yet? Uh, no, that's uh, going to be for the next fishing trip, perhaps. What about the superhero theme song? Like something along the lines of na 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 No, if you're a fad man, you just come in and out of fashion every five seconds. That's right, come and go. People are wondering, where's the fad man gone? He's here one minute and gone the next. The fads are the fish aggregating devices. There's some funding around and lots of research being done about dropping them around the coast of Darwin. Uh, you come up with a prototype? Yeah, we certainly have. Look, this is a culmination of 12 months of work so far. People are probably aware that we had a consultancy 
underway last year, which has been finalised the middle of this year. So we're now at the stage where we want to implement some trials. Describe what it is, what it looks like. So basically what we're deploying is an object that floats on the surface and is moored to the bottom of the ocean with the idea of it attracting pelagic species. Uh, whereas an art artificial reef, for example, attracts reef fish species and habitat creates habitat, this we're looking to create a habitat for pelagic species. It seems pretty simple. A large buoy, some floats coming off it, and basically a rope or wire going to the bottom, but there's an important part of that that you're hoping will attract the bait fish and then the pelagics. Look, certainly um, there's several designs that are used throughout the world. Uh, our design, we're looking to create a, an attracting device, sort of a sail type material that hangs under the water, which will in turn create a habitat for smaller fish and food. And then that in turn creates an area where larger predatory fish like to come in and then hunt those smaller species. So this is a trial at this stage, Evan. How many are you deploying and in what sort of depth and in what sort of areas? Definitely a trial. Um, at the moment we've got five fads. Uh, we've got one prototype with us at the moment. We're looking to get deployed as soon as possible. And we've got another four that we hope to have in the water by the end of September. We're looking at Fenton Patches, North South Gutter. Certainly for those people who have been chasing sailfish down at Dundee, we're certainly looking at that area as well. If we provide you a superhero fad suit and a cape, and start talking you up publicly. Can we have the GPS marks now, please? I would give them to you if I had them. We haven't actually put that little cross on the paper, and once they've hit the bottom, then we can give you that exact mark it's, for everyone. It's hardly going to be like a secret bomby, though, Tim. They're going to be <laughs> yeah, big right. and yellow and floating on the surface. But, but, but do you intend to put the GPS marks out publicly if people want to find them and have a look? Yeah, definitely. As soon as these things are in the water, uh, we're going to be letting people about, know about them because we're going to need some people's help to give us feedback on how these things are working as well. So we're going to be monitoring them ourselves, but a bit of citizen science, people can tell us about their experience fishing these fads because it is a trial. We need to get the best available information. We've already got that from the consultants in terms of where to put them, but now we've got to see how well they function. Now, you said there's a lot of international research been going on for quite a while. What sort of range are you talking of pelagic fish will that central point marker deal with? What, what sort of area? look throughout the South Pacific it's been shown through research that tuna for example have a fidelity to a fad of around eight kilometres so when you go to fish these things you may not necessarily be fishing right on top of them you'll be fishing the perimeter um, and then species I suppose people have been out to the the sorry the long long lost rig now that's departed our shores god rest her soul yeah would probably have noticed that the species weren't all aggregated in the one spot so if you fish closer to the rig you'd have trevally and queenfish you move further out you're more likely to encounter mackerel further out still you've got the tuna and then on the ring of that people were starting to catch sailfish were any memos written just as to digress for a moment inside fisheries up the chain to the minister attempting to keep the stenoclide here and or sink it in position there was uh, some unofficial work done by myself <laughs> and some friends uh, investigating the possibilities of being able to keep that. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't quite meet budget, so we stopped there. <laughs> and what about the proposal of the Stena Clyde alongside the HMAS Darwin <laughs> with a floating fish aggregating device on top? This, Evan, is Nirvana, surely? Sure, but our waters probably aren't deep enough to have the HMAS Darwin here. People would be running into it. Um, <laughs> so, look, we're, we're still on the path of artificial reefs as well. So that's the next thing that's on my list of to-do. Once we've got these trial fads in, we're on to the stage of let's look at some artificial reefs and getting them in the water as well. Let's catch up again when the artificial reef program starts. But back on to the fads, Evan. What's the research say about how long it takes for that uh, habitat to start working. Yeah, look, unlike an artificial reef that can take several years to develop that habitat, some of the research has shown that within as little as three or four days, you can have species starting to find them. Because we're talking pelagic species which are covering a vast distance throughout the day. They're not just sitting in one spot, they're constantly moving. And if they come across something, fish have been out, seen a log floating in the water, oh, there's triple tail on it. Certainly I know in the last billfish comp that was out off Bathurst, there was a ghost net, it had dolphin fish aggregating on those things. So it doesn't take very long at all for a fat. But saying that, the longer it's in position, then the better it works. 
So what we're trying to do here is create an easy alternative for wreck fishers once they've gone and caught their feeder reefies. What are we going to do now? Oh, there's a fad just over here. Let's go and target some species which are more suitable for catch and release. Go for your life. Now, you said you were looking for contributions from citizen scientists. Uh, oh, Tim, and I, Tim and I are quite <laughs> enthusiastic. Uh, well, yeah, we're I... fed scientists, I'd say. Now, I like your design. And I'm sure there's a lot of work going into it, and well done, well done. But I was just, there's a bit of a glaring omission uh, in my observation, and that is the total absence of any shopping trolley attached on there. That, uh, that worries me. Well, look, I think, to be honest with you, we're moving away from the use of items of opportunity for artificial reefs. We're looking at specific purpose-built things. So they'd be much more effective than any of those things we dump in the water. You've been catching any pelagics yourself? No, unfortunately, I have to live vicariously through photos from Pizzeroni. Um. <laughs> what a horrible existence. Oh when, when your fishing life has become living vicariously through Zeroni, things are taking a turn for the worst. Yeah, look, I'll hopefully get out with Pete and a few of the other guys. October's usually a time that I get a bit of a break and, and head out, so I'll have to wait till then. Look forward to seeing the GPS marks. Thanks for the yarn. My pleasure. Um, look forward to having you guys involved. I'll keep you up to date. Now there's a man who epitomises the boundless possible, eh? A real go-getter. But the boundless possible that's only become possible post-Froffy Waffle! Well, here in the top end, most fishos target barra or snapper or jewies or coral trout, something you can sort of take home as the hunter-gatherer catch, cook up and eat. Mm. Well... This week, Lisa caught up with a couple who love to catch sharks. Catch and release, of course. The bigger, the better, they reckon. And sometimes they even manage some monster bycatch. Hi, I'm Amanda from Darwin. It's really hard to explain without someone actually experiencing it themselves. I've been watching the boys that I fish with catch these huge fish for quite some time now and wanted to get involved. So obviously got myself set up and I've hooked quite a few big monsters, but not actually brought anything in yet so to my surprise the other day I finally hooked on and a mate of ours taught us how to do a bimini twist knot and that was a bit of a game changer for my rod so chuck it in and it goes off I spent about 20 minutes wrestling at Elizabeth River jetty fought this big fish got him up to the jetty and with the help of my partner, got him up to the stairs and took that amazing photo that I sent in to you. What were you targeting? Sharks. We like to catch sharks. Did you think you had a shark? We thought possibly a bully because it did run hard and fast. But yeah, there's no actual telling until it comes up to the water. So it was a Queensland groper. When I went down the stairwell and stood next to this fish, which was bigger than me, it was pretty impressive to know that I'd brought in this monster fish and it looked like you were giving it a bit of a pat while it was uh, while they were unhooking it one of the first things I really wanted to do once I got close to it was to be able to touch it and to be honest it was the most slimiest thing I've ever touched in my life (laughs) (laughs) we spend a lot of time down at the jetty but I'm usually the first one who wants to pike as soon as the midges come out so it was around that time in the afternoon my partner, Reese had said, you know, come on, we'll call it quits and let's go home so you don't get covered in bites. And as I walk up to my rod, it, the tip started twitching and I was just like, Reese, Reese, my rod. And next, it was just going after that. <laughs> so all thoughts of the bites that were coming all over your body uh, went straight out the window? Felt nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I had a really good coach behind me keeping me going. And I think the one thing that kept me going was when he told me that I was going to catch it on my own and it was all me. I do have a bit of strength behind me, so it was a bit of a proud moment for me to be able to achieve that all by myself. For me, my partner comes from London. He had a fear of sharks coming from the UK and when he started learning more about them and we started hooking up to small sharks, it kind of just grew from there. Reese has caught quite a few of the species now and and there's been a few times where I've actually helped him and the first time to have like a real adrenaline rush yeah it was just intriguing to want to keep trying and when you see these huge beautiful fish that they're catching I don't know if you've ever seen a spinner shark jumping out of water mind-blowing to see the other night the boys caught three sharks in 40 minutes there was a hammerhead a tiger shark and a tony nurse shark all a minimum of seven feet long. 
massive fish. And this is me coming down on a Friday night after I finished work, seeing all these boys catch all these fish. And I'm just like, I don't have my rod here. Like, I just want to go home and get my rod so I can join in. And by the time I finish catching one of these fish, they're just totally exhausted, but they're just happy. They've been able to see this special creature, bring it in and then release it and watch it go and swim another day. But have that accomplishment of I was able to do that. you got to overcome it some way, I guess. Yeah, I wanted to see them. I mean, you can go to aquariums and, you know, go on a boat and see them swimming around. It's, it's not the same as being up close and personal with one you pulled in yourself. Yeah, it started with small ones and it just kept getting, you know, more intense, like bigger hooks, bigger baits. Um, one of the biggest ones we've got there, we didn't manage to get him up to the jetty. We saw him. He was a good 11-foot hammerhead. I just couldn't believe the size of these sharks that were going through a river system, you know. Well, I'd really want to do something that's a lot more meaningful. I'd love to like t- participate in a program, like a tagging program, or help with research. Um, you know, purely voluntary. I'm going to be catching them and documenting them anyway. So, someone out if they need a bit of research or information on certain species. You know, I still go barra fishing. You know, catch dewies, mackerel, all of that. But you just got to have such a special respect for a huge fish like that. I would really love to catch a tiger shark. My eyes have been on one for quite some time. At some point, maybe I might be able to hook onto one of those and and bring him in for a closer look. If you see a couple of staunch fishos down there with huge marlin-looking rods on Elizabeth River jetty, you know it's these two hunting sharks. So if you want a show, hang around and uh, watch what they bring in. Thank you so much for letting us share our story. Thank you very much. Amanda and Reese. What a lovely story from a lovely couple. Red, fast and free. Presenting the Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Some say it's been scented with a barramundi pheromone. Some say it's scientifically proven in the effective removal of leg hair. Some say that these stats might be slightly exaggerated. Much like your fishing yards without a Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Email fishing at abc.net.au or message the Tinny on Facebook to get yours. Bloody wandering albatross! Where the hell is he? Still haven't got my goddamn sticker yet! Screams Diane and Catherine at fishing at abc.net.au. He's been too busy causing a party room spill. Yeah, he's sidetracked. He's been getting getting the numbers to roll Smith. So sorry, Diane. He's back on track now. We've got firm, consistent leadership. And uh, Neville's back. Out your way. G'day to you too, Grant in North Queensland. Uh, this was a follow-up from last week, Andy. Hi, guys. Just sending a hoy in relation to Jack Peachy's request for a red GoFast 120YY sticker. I'm his boss, he was referring to. Not only am I the better barra fisherman, but the better fisherman all round. Hands down. I put Peachy onto the show when I started listening to it when my cousin, Simon Bockhow, started going on the show. Love it. Love fishing the NT. Listen every week. I just wanted to request another sticker to put on Peachy's boat, as this guy needs all the help he can get. And surely two stickers would be better than one. Yes, they would. Yes, they would, Grant. I'm actually a banana farmer and keep my boat on a banana farm. (laughs) The unluckiest place on earth to keep a boat. And I still manage to outfish Peaches. Cheers, guys, Grant. A uh, second sticker is on its way. We always love to... To rub it in where possible. Uh, sharpen your pencils and put those pocket protectors in, folks. This one's a ripper from Nipper. Uh, he says, G'day, fellow tinny brethren. You've See, missed, that's why you've you missed me, haven't you? Yeah, yeah I miss you. I mean, that's why you get the call up, and that's why we sack Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to your comments about the 120Y sticker and its ability to increase catch rates. Right. Query If you were to send two stickers to Rockhampton, would my catch rates increase from 76% to double? That is 152%. <laughs> Raising the inherent question, Tim, can you have more than 100%? Yes, you can. The answer is yes. It's in the little book of facts, which we've now flogged off, Rob. It says facts on the front, and it's a fact that if you have two, I mean, that's why Grant wants to give two to his employee, Peachy. It doubles, 7,652%. And the 100% math forum, because I did a bit of research to get the answer here, does say, and I quote, this is simply silly and mathematically ignorant. What, that you can have over 100%? Yeah, I don't understand what that means, whether you can or can't. Who cares? It's yeah. a wrong show for that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's not in it's our It's not fact. a science show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Simon Stafford. 
At first, he gave Lisa nothing. You know how we've been saying, come on, spin us a yarn. Tell us what you're going to use the sticker for. Mm. Entertain the church. Uh, but she ain't. Lisa ain't Lisa the Brave for nothing. She hit Simon back hard. Come on, mate. I think you can do better than that. Throw the dog a bone. Give me something I can work with. A tale of fishing. I'm not feeling very entertained by you at all. Has the cat got your tongue? <laughs> she really gave it to him. Okay, okay. He came good. He came good. So on the weekend, said Simon, it was the first time I was able to get the tinny out since April. I had my daughter of 10 aboard who always declares she doesn't like fishing and my partner has only been fishing once. We drove along the beach, nearly got bogged and finally launched when I parked the car. A quick head check and I realised I forgot to put the bungs in. Damn. Rectified. Then went to start it, pulled on the rope of my 40 horse two-stroke for about 15 minutes trying to get it to fire, only to discover that my mate, when he borrowed the boat last, disengaged the emergency top, the lanyard. Oh, no. So after swearing at him for killing the engine, then smiling at myself for fixing it, we're underway. Dropped the pots in, trying to chill out, enjoy flicking a lure a couple of times, pulled all the pots, nothing. Dropped them again upstream of there. First pull on the second run, big buck. Screaming. Yay! Kid going womba. But then watched as it easily walked across and slipped out the hole that I didn't know I had in my pot. No wonder he was avoiding spinning a tail. It's it's just so painful for him. Didn't see another crab nor anything else resembling something we could catch or eat. However, major positives. We, well, I anyway, got to get out on the water and see, you know, partake in the beauty of a frothy waffle. Excellent tagline, by the way, Tales from the Tinny. Mm. Um, Northern Territory Government should adopt it. I think he wrote that there. There it is. Uh, saw an eagle and a Brahmini kite. That's good. That's pretty. Wildlife's always good, yes. Whilst engaging in a frothy waffle. Yeah. <laughs> Reiterated again to my daughter that although she doesn't like fishing, she gets to get excited about pulling up those crab pots, even if we only saw one that got away for the journey. Good on you, Simon. Sticker is on its way. And finally, Ian Hannant, uh, a.k.a. Hanno via Facebook. Hello, Guardians of the Tinny. Isn't that respectful? What a respectful Hi. opening. Guardians of the Tinny Guardians is one of, of the... the and, and that's only come about now that we've got rid of Smith. Guardians of, of the Tinny is one of the most respectful and flattering phrases you could ever open an email with. Beautiful. Mm. Uh, it's with a heavy heart that I need to leave the Territory to contemplate life for a while. To help me through this testing period, I was hoping if you could part with one of your infamous tinny measuring sticks for my next tub. Now I have to learn all about the podcasts and now listen to you legends. Again, thank you. That's wonderful. Uh, keep up the yarns, lad, and tip a few frothies in your head. We, 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 you, can be, you can rest assured we will be tipping frothies in our head whilst waffling. Now I am just wondering, though, um, I'm not sure when Hanno sent this in, whether it was a day ago or two days ago, but I think it's okay, Hanno. It's, it's all better now. I think maybe he left... Before the logos and slogans came out, <laughs> yeah, that's right. things Stay, have changed. Hello. Yeah, it's okay, mate. The, yeah. the spill is over and the future is bright. Yeah. So why don't we just leave the stickers in the studio for him to collect? Yeah, that sounds good. Come it? back, son. Come back. Uh, in terms of podcasting, by the way, it's easy, mate. Just jump on whatever podcast app you find. Just Google it or whatever. Or if you've got an Apple phone, it's already there. It's the Apple Podcast app. Or download the ABC Listen app. Search for the tinny. Hit subscribe. It's there whenever you want to listen to it. And it's a bigger show, isn't it, Tim? It's, it's significantly it's significantly so. bigger. Mm. If you want a sticker, fishing at abc.net.au is the email address or hit us up on Facebook at ABC Tales from the Tinny. G'day, I'm Matt from Palmerston. So I went out on the weekend and um, just for two nights and, um, and a day or so. It wasn't too bad. Could have fished a bit better, but, uh, yeah, we caught some nana guys, some cod. Um, it's a trevally, mackerel. Goldies and a few other reefies and stuff like that. What could have been better about that, Matt? Oh, just the quantity or the size, I guess. You could try and get big ones. We're trying to get the reds out wide, but they didn't get on the bite. It was pretty rough getting all the way out there. Um, launching from the parents there wasn't too bad, though. But overall, it was pretty good. How far was out there? Oh, 100 k's. Mm-hmm. Is that where you predominantly are finding the reds? In that more turquoise, deeper water way offshore? Yes. That's where we find them out there. It's a lot harder to anchor up. And it's a lot harder to fish, a lot deeper water. But um, if you can find anything on the bottom, then you're in for something fish. It's all past 40 metres out there, so between 40 and 60 metres. And you're looking for absolutely anything on the bottom. 
anything tiny as on your sounder, if you can sit on top of it, then you probably catch something there. How many times are you trying before you land it? You try a couple of times, but at the end of the day, you end up with what you get. Uh, we had a Minn Kota this time, um, so that helped out a little bit. Uh, the tide wasn't rushing too hard through there, so that can hold you on the spot. But still, you're fishing with heavy lead and into deep water. The tide's still going through a bit, makes it harder. Well, the wider you go off Dundee, it usually tends to be not as much movement, but still being in that depth of water, it's harder to anchor up. And if there's any kind of swell or wind, that just makes it all difficult as well. And you can even be working hard from that depth to bring up the disappointment of a stripe here. Well, the thing is about out there, I haven't really caught too many bad fish out there. It's either you're catching little tiny bait fish or they're all over 60 to 70 centimetres. So they're all fairly big fish out there. Um, this weekend was the first time I've caught something that I didn't really want, and that was a ray, which took quite a lot oh, of yeah. effort to bring up. thought it was a massive cod, but um, <laughs> it was just a big ray. <laughs> was the fishing any better around particular parts of the tide? Uh, we're always trying to go around the tide change out there. Um, it's a bit harder being out wide. It's not as obvious it might be um, in close. But, yeah, usually around the tide change at night time, and I've found when the moon lights out a bit, that usually goes a bit better. Fished okay, as opposed to that earlier trip on in the year um, when I had that injury um, that fished quite well for the two hours we were there until I ended up with the injury and had to head back. The incident Tim? The injury was a shark based attack, attack. Knife. it was a knife attack via shark. shark, you pretty much cut your hand off. Yeah the hand's going good, I'm still seeing physio about that so yeah, it's about 90% good now. So this is all on the same spot, there must be a love hate relationship with mixed, ongoing mixed success. It certainly is. Um, it's not the only bad incident I've had out there. Oh, hello. Yeah, so last year I had um, my younger sister visiting Darwin and um, I took her out on the boat. The weather was supposed to be perfect for the whole two days and um, the night we are out there. On sunset on the first night, a uh, big storm front came from the mainland and that day a severe thunderstorm warning had been released for all of Darwin and the Daly region. <laughs> but um, dum, 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 dum. You were 100 k's offshore and didn't get that memo? No, we didn't get that. So um, that kicked in just after nightfall, and um, the swell picked up to... The highest swell was around 6 metres, so it was wow. a couple of metres above the top of the roof of the boat. Um, it was just like being in a washing machine. The swell was a metre and a half on top of the big swells, so you just got thrashed the whole way up and the whole way down. Um, we're lucky with the anchor we had. It was quite large and we had about 120 metres out and it was just that perfect distance to um, not pull the front of the boat down. And I don't know what it hooked onto, but it held onto something out there. And um, we just got waves over the side of the boat constantly. There was always water on the bottom. The bill just pumping all night. I had a sat phone there that we'd hired for the trip. Um, got onto some people back to send my, my coordinates if anything did happen. And then later on when the storm got worse, um, got onto water police... We were getting a bit scared at that stage. My sister was incapacitated with seasickness, so she couldn't do anything. And, it was um, probably a good thing in some ways. She didn't have time to think. Yeah, um, just walking around, you'd have to be careful just not being thrown out of the boat. The worst two waves, they actually came over the top of my windscreen and over the top of the boat, and they just filled the whole boat with water, and the bilge managed to get that out before another one came through. You must have been freaking. Yeah, we had life jackets on and grab bag ready, and I've been in a lot of bad weather up here, but... Um, Nothing compared to that. My only advice is to make sure all your gear is good to go. Yeah, like taking that sat phone out was definitely helpful because um, they gave me the advice that another storm front might be coming through um, at sunrise and that um, it's all up to me, but I've got to look out for the next storm. So once the swell dropped down to about three to four metres, uh, we cut the rope, headed back to Dundee, and uh, on the way back to Dundee, I wasn't really allowed to mess up one wave um, at all because they're all quite large and you had to hit them on that perfect angle and that took about eight hours to get back. My biggest worry was running, like we had jerrys with us but we couldn't actually change the jerrys while driving because we're not allowed to mess up any of the ways. So my biggest worry was running out of fuel in the tank below but um, yeah, we managed to get closer to Dundee and it was the weather was a bit better and apparently the next day it all smoothed out and I knew a heap of blokes that went out fishing and had a good old trip that day. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. So, so uh, what does your sister think of Darwin? She likes Darwin. I don't think she'll ever come fishing with me again. <laughs> Surely, as you approach that spot, the sphincter just puckers up a little bit, does it, mate? It happens every time I head out wide now. I just look at the water and I'm like, geez, these waves could get a lot bigger if they wanted to. <laughs> Matt Kell, still in the bad books with mum. I hope she doesn't podcast the tinny. 
Andy, we've been documenting the Boundless Possible NT rebranding campaign that we'd like to rebrand, Frothy Waffle. And lamenting when it comes to Boundless Possible, like all Territorians, the grammatical that was inaccuracy that irritate the us Andy, though. This might shed some more light. Uh, an interview just recorded by News Radio uh, only uh, over the last couple of hours with the creator of the original campaign. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Welcome to episode one of a new program called You Get Paid to Do What? Boundless possible. Two words to define the Northern Territory for the next 10 years, but two words that have a lot of people scratching their heads. Does it even make sense? I'm joined by the Director of Grammatical Fluidity and Applied Sense Making for the Boundless Possible campaign, Roger McOxford. Thank you for joining me this morning. Good morning, Josh. Tell me, Roger, where on earth did this new marketing campaign come from? Well, we've been thinking about the possible in the Territory, and the question we found ourselves asking over and over was just how many possible are there? One? Four? No. Far more many. Yes. So who specifically is this campaign aimed at? Well, Josh, we want to attract young people to the Territory. So we looked on the internet for what the young people like, and the answer just smacked us in the face. Memes. Texting. Nobody uses full sentences anymore. That is not a thing that young people do. Boundless possibilities sounds like something an old person would say. And we want to future-proof the territory. I presume that hours of research went into this to come up with these, these two words. What did you do for your research? Well, a huge inspiration for us was the meme with the cute dog, you know? Uh, yeah, I know, I know this meme. He'd say, wow, such possible, many boundless. Yes, the, the dog can't speak English. Well, yeah, he can't, but he's, look, he's looking side on. He's got attitude, and the territory's got attitude too. In fact, originally we just wanted to use that dog. Well, why didn't you just use the dog? Well, that didn't cost enough money. Well, for better or for worse, the campaign is up now. It's going across the whole country. Have you had any traction yet? Josh, this marketing campaign has already got the whole country asking, does Northern Territory is good? Will it be the most place in Australia with tourists? And the NT's message for the rest of Australia is, it are. Brett Lee is a bloke who he likes a fish. He likes a bit of a, a work the waters, the blue waters. No doubt loves a frothy and a waffle more than a boundless possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you, if you give a fish show a choice, do you want a frothy and a waffle or a boundless possible? What are you... There is no choice. You take the frothy and the waffle, no one chooses, ah, oh, you know, open the esky and have a boundless possible. It's just stupid. Unless there's some bizarre cocktail. So, oh, that sounds interesting. What is it? What's it got in it? That's yeah. what you'd say. Yeah, the, yeah, you want a boundless possible? Why, how strong alcohol content? Is it rum based? Yeah, it's a, it's a white spirit based. Are we being, are we falling into becoming the naysayers, Robert? I hope not. I mean, we've got a viable alternative in frothy waffle. Yeah. I mean, anyway. We, we need to prosecute our case. Brett no doubt enjoys a frothy and a waffle. You might see the uh, video at ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook. First, it looked like a rock. Then it looked like a dead, massive whale. It turned out... And not to be either. How are you going, Brett? Yeah, not too bad. Fair to say you enjoy a frothy and a waffy more than a boundless possible. I do indeed. Mm, who wouldn't? What happened here with this whale? Yeah, well, from a distance, didn't expect it to be as big as what it was. He'd just seen the, the mouse sticking out of the water, and then when it decided to wake up, he, he dropped under, and when it came out, oh, it would have easily been 20 metres, I suppose. Yeah, dead whale. Yeah, look, he just moved his head. Did he? Yeah, look. Oh. He's waking up. Oh, he's awake. He's awake. Holy That's a big whale. Unreal. I could have reached over and touched it. <laughs> and how big is your boat, Brett? Uh, I, was, I was in a mate's boat. It's a 2100 stabby craft, and it made it look small. <laughs> okay. So it's certainly time for a frothy, a waffle, and a little bit of a calm down. A little down. bit of a calm down and a sit. Well, we did have a couple of frothies on the way down, but <laughs> we had a few more after it too. Yeah, no doubt. The, the footage is amazing, as I mentioned at, at ABC Tales and the Tinny on Facebook. So this was out um, Dundee way. Uh, other than the whale, 
which no doubt you weren't targeting. Uh, how, <laughs> how was the rest of the fishing? Oh, we caught plenty. We got some uh, good-sized golden snapper and um, got some good-sized blue bone, uh, tricky snapper. Uh, got a good-sized dewy around the parents there. and We did have a go for the sales on the last day. Uh, we had one inquiry about 20 minutes into a trawl, trawled around for another four or five hours. There was big balls of bait everywhere, but, yeah, nothing. You're hearing much about the sale movements out that neck of the woods? Apparently the day before, someone had picked up three or four, I think. It was a nice, uh, a nice mixed bag of uh, good bottom fish you had there. Were they, were they quality size amongst them, Brett? Generally, most of them were, yeah, brilliant. First time I'd been down that way, and uh, oh, it was bloody awesome. We did get attacked by sharks quite heavily in one spot, and tackle bag came back about five kilo lighter and esky. So first trip to Dundee, you've had an encounter with a massive whale cleaned up on every reef species of decent size and quality other than sailfish and drained the esky half to three quarters empty. Four cartons, we came back with about three cans. Now you <laughs> should be on the boundless possible ad. As opposed to the people in man buns. Your wife is a bit of a fisher as well, the other half. JC. Oh, she loves it. The first time I ever took her out fishing, I took her to Leaders Creek and um, I think we'd only been there half an hour and she caught a barra, which was 102 centimetres straight up. Oh, good work. The other night we went out in the harbour and um, I think she got about half a dozen good goldies. Skipper got nothing. <laughs> what? what, six blot? Too much time in the esky again, Brett? It was, actually. I've just come off three weeks of uh, night shift and I had, had some catching up to do. <laughs> uh, your mind was, your mind was more on recreation oh, than actually, so, yeah. So you take you go fishing together and she's the provider. You're just there for the recreation and the frothy and the waffle bread. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> just oh, basically looking for a little bit of rubble and yeah, nothing too special, but just everywhere we went just seemed to hold a fish or two and she's yeah, obviously kissed on the by the fishing fairy. <laughs> Good size goldies? Um, around the kilo, kilo and a half. Good chance I might be heading out today, but I'm definitely heading mm-hmm. back out in the harbour. Enjoy a good day on the water for catch a fish that's a bonus. Good on you, Brett. Lovely to talk to you, mate, and thanks for sharing that vid with us. Best of luck on the harbour on the next trip. Oh, thank you very much, yeah. I hope everyone enjoys the footage. See you, fella. No worries. Cheers, mate. Our new ambassador for the Frothy Waffle brand and population growth campaign here at the Tinney, Brett Lee. Great ambassador. And another one, Carol Palmer. She can always sniff out a whale or a dolphin yarn. She's the big fish guru or the marine mammal queen out there at Parks and Wildlife. It's just resting and it could be calling. They do a lot of vocalisation. But, yeah, you see quite a lot of footage and images of a whole range of these big baleen whales vertical in the water like that, and they're actually just resting. They're really lucky that the tail fluke or the body didn't come up and capsize the boat that the wreck fishers were on. So they're really, really lucky. People don't realize that there are actually humpback whales in Northern Territory waters, but particularly west of Darwin, so down the Perrin Islands, Fog Bay, and even a little bit further to the west. Are we going fishing today? Tales. Tomorrow? From the tinny. I'm a good girl wedding. Hi, I'm Lincoln from Barrowboat Hire and Fishing Charters. Been out for the last couple of days. It was a bit windy, but the tides were good. Fishing was steady without being great, so we got a few fish, but yeah, it looks like it's not far off coming on. We went to the Finnis last Sunday, and same thing, we were trolling quite a bit and seeing heaps of fish on the sounder, but only getting a hit every now and then, you know. We ended up getting four nice threadies and a couple of barra, but it was, it was a hard day, really. That's got to be frustrating if you can see them all sitting on the sounder there. Yeah, you know they're there. You know it's only a matter of time before they come on. So you're trying to tell the clients, look at the sounder, look, the fish are here and keep them enthused. But yeah, I think it's all going to happen soon. Is there enough around to keep them entertained? Yeah, definitely. Like a lot of them come up and you tell them, you know, this is the time of year where the barra fishing isn't as great, but there's still a good chance of getting one. And they just love being out in the water. They always see crocodiles and they love the experience of being out in the rivers in the territory, basically. When you're out at the fitness, what are you using to target the, the fish that you're, you're pulling on board? Yeah, mainly just lures, like around those 10 foot, 15 foot. Um, we're looking at the sound, obviously, when you're trolling shallow areas, 8 foot to 10 foot lures. I love my Barra Classics, or the, you know, everyone bags about for everyone using them, but they work a lot. So, you know, if we're fast trolling the mouth, we'll use the bigger bombers and the big reedies, big asses. But when we're slow trolling on the snags, basically, yeah, your Barra Classics and 
mostly the hard bodies then? Yeah, mostly hard bodies. Like, depends on the clients. If you've got the guys that really know what they're doing, you know, we don't mind using some soft plastics and some of the vibes as well. The trolling's probably most effective a lot of the time when you've got guys that haven't really fished that much before. Do you try much casting or you just get too many tangles? Yeah, we do, especially if, like, the tides are right around the neeps. On the big tides, we find it runs a bit too hard sometimes for your, for your plastics and that, but on the neeps, we'll definitely throw a few plastics around. How is things looking out at the finners? Yeah, it was looking really good, I thought. Um, there was plenty of mullet cruising around, mud crabs everywhere at the moment. There's been crabs everywhere. We had some good sessions out there. Dropped a few pots in, just dropped them on the way out, pulled them on the way back. It still ended up with eight or nine good bucks. So, yeah, no jennies hardly at all, all bucks, and they were all full of meat, so definitely worth throwing the pots in. I planned to sort of fish the Vernons, which we did early in the morning, but the wind sort of blew us away a bit, so we decided to come in leaders and have a bit of a look for a barra and trolled the mouth there for a bit and just up around the mouth area. Are there any spots out there that you can get in some lee and some calm waters? There's always somewhere to fish. That's the beauty of our systems up here. You know, there's plenty of good rivers to fish if it is too windy. And with the blue, sometimes it only blows in the morning. You wait till about lunchtime and then you can, you know, get out where it's a bit more open when the wind drops off in the afternoon. It's all about just looking at your forecast and sort of predicting your day and working out a plan before you head out usually down to Dundee for a fundraiser for a long lunch fundraiser on Saturday we encourage everyone to get down to that if they want to come down for on Saturday might take the boat down and take the family for a bit of a spin on Sunday while we're out there I reckon yeah I think the forecast is looking pretty good for the wind this weekend I've got a feeling we're on the swing feels like build-up yep I'm calling it it's gonna hurt me far off <laughs> barra fever will kick in again that million dollar barra comp will kick in again so yeah I think everyone will be right onto it very soon where are you looking forward to hitting first I'm pretty keen to hit Shady Mouth this year, actually. like do some build-up trips down there, especially if that wind holds off. Need that uh, no wind down the mouth there. So I think with the great wet that we've had this year, Shady Fish really well, let's get the build-up's going to go off down there for sure. You also sent us a video of a beautiful groper that one of your clients uh, caught. Tell me about that. Yeah, that was a pretty impressive fish. The guys I took out on Monday in Trolling Leaders Creek, trolling for Barra. It was pretty slow for the first couple of hours. They'd hooked one and lost one bar, and they sort of, you know, were starting to give up a little bit. And all of a sudden, bang, old mate's rod went off. Everyone cleared in. This huge fish just powered him out into the middle and didn't know what it was at first. I half expected a massive dewy to come up. It took about 15, 20 minutes to even get a look at it before we got it to the boat. I was chasing it in the boat, trying to get line back, because every time it got near it, it'd just do a huge run and peel everything he got back. We only had a little barrel rod with 30-pound braid, so we went pretty steady on it. These guys hadn't really done a whole lot of fishing before. Eventually, we got it to the boat, and just this huge groper tail came up and did a massive boil right next to the boat, and peeled off another 50 metres of line, and <laughs> we chased it again. Got it next to the boat, got it in the landing net, only just fit in our big, huge landing net. Me and another guy grabbed one side each, lifted the landing net up, and it just busted straight through the landing net, straight back through. Stay on the line? Yeah, luckily it stayed on. And then we fought it for a little bit through the net, and then they came close to the boat. The guy high-sticked it a bit, and the bloody rod broke as well. So fighting this fish through a broken net with a broken rod. Line didn't snap, luckily. It was still on there. Got it all the way back to the boat again, and we ended up netting it the reverse way with the net, back through the net. Dragged it back up, and yeah, the thing was huge. It took two of us to try and lift it into the boat. It was massive. I reckon it would have been pushing 80 to 100 kilos pretty easily. Like, I've, I've lifted some big 40, 50 kilo fish, no worries. This thing, I couldn't even budge myself, so had a huge girth on it. They were wrapped. They'd never seen a fish like that in their life, so I don't think they probably will again, to be honest, especially on a barrel rod. The, a lot of luck went our way to get it in. All right, mate. Uh, good luck for the build-up. Thank you very much. Cheers. Mm, and Lincoln's called it too. The build-up has begun. Yeah, big call there, Lincoln. Big call. The super central control station on the Barra boat um, is certainly, the trend is, and I can say this categorically, that we are moving towards a build-up. That's what the data's telling us. Thanks, as always, to Warren DeWitt, Lincoln Kirby, Matt Kell, Evan Needham, the great Brett Lee, of course, and Carol Palmer, Amanda and Reese, Matthew Hayne, the Corroboree Gimp, Paula Timpson, Eddie Knievel's mum, in fact, the entire family, including the teddy bear. And Mark Grubert, Diane Lee, Simon Stafford, Nipper, Ian Hannant. Catch you next week on Tales from the Tinny Fishos. And until then, remember, you are what you are, not what they tell you you are. And keep this firmly and fondly in your heart. There remains a place in this world with just enough silence for your waffle to be heard.
a land of determination and ambition, where we get things done. We don't just dream of having a frothy, we bloody well do it. The earnest and the abstinent never came this far. Instead, it's home to people like us. Those inspired by the beauty and capacity of a well-packed esky. And the silken tapestry of a skillfully crafted stream of conversational crap. In the Territory, being thirsty is nothing new. It's what we are. As we dive a hand into the icy depths, retrieve our prize and prepare to take part in the meandering ebb and flow of slightly pissy discourse. It is then, my friends, that together we create frothy waffle.